the swell Put flame to darker threes deep down At Zana stands where once it fell To mountains red with ash and blood All following the battle's path We go to stem the Malkar flood and fear the old one's trampling breath. Okay, so this is part two of session three, Over the Horizon. So all of you have taken a long rest. You find uh, in the morning that Leofric has made another hearty breakfast um, for everyone. And you're kind of, you know... Um, one at a time, just kind of making your way into the main room downstairs. Um, downstairs, having your brown morning potions, eating your, uh, you know, extra crispy bacon, whatever you want to do. Um, it's so hard to open. I no, I said you shouldn't eat. You shouldn't eat chips for breakfast. Sure, if you want. What in the world even is that? Corn chip. Corn chip. What the hell is corn chip? It's in the back. It's delicious is what it is. It's also really hard to open. That's not a joke. <laughs> okay. <Pass around. laughs> Plus four strength. I got it a little bit. Plus four strength. <laughs> <laughs> add strength or add intelligence modifier. Just don't spill my corn chip. Yeah, there's nothing there. <laughs> We're going to go past this around the room. Oh, wait. This is quality recording content. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just a bunch of people just sitting cut, around trying to this? open a We're bag. Cut this. Corn show, not a sponsor. <laughs> I, there's instructions on the front of the bag. There's this cool new invention. It's cool new invention. Oh, it's a tear. Oh, it's a tear. Okay. All right. Corn show. What the fuck is a corn show? This doesn't answer the question. You just saw one. If I saw a no chupacabra, <laughs> I wouldn't know what it you was. You wouldn't know what it was. Okay, so we're gonna pass around the corcho. I'll cut out this whole beginning part <laughs> if you'd like to. That would be great. It's good. <laughs> Yay! Oh, they're delicious. <coughs> I know, right? Hi, Thaxton. It looks like a. German yeah. cheese puff. We were, no, Mister Mister Corncho. We weren't sitting here talking about cornchos. Thank you, Thaxton. Hey, Corchos, if you want to sponsor you sure you don't want one? It tastes like Cheetos or cheese puffs. Do you want me to do the with chocolate? part two? No, you can probably edit between those. I'm sorry, but probably. that's... Okay. <laughs> you don't like this guy. I dig it. Dude, I fucking love it. I dig it. They got them at the Walmart. You like pineapple like and pizza, too. I think though. Jake's it's the devil. Yeah, I mean, what's... It tastes like sawdust. Air and chocolate. Do you eat a lot of sawdust? Can I pickpocket everybody while they're busy with the Corchos? <laughs> so Nicholas is eating corn shows for breakfast. Go on. This episode of Malkari is sponsored by corn shows. Uh, I want more. That's their tagline <laughs> on the front. That's a 24. <laughs> sponsored hey, by They kind of taste like sawdust. <laughs> <laughs> like sawdust, but with chocolate. Alright, back to being. And scene. <laughs> Whatever you are ready. <laughs> Just, you know. I'm waiting on y'all. I'd like understand. to write a song about Corncho. <laughs> Corncho, the, the lesser known Malkarian bard. God. I didn't realize this group was going to have three Liam O'Brien. Oh, yeah, like he's leaving. <laughs> That's our Sam Regal. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay.
Oh anyway, God. okay, I think I'm done. <laughs> hey, have you guys ever played? Well, the, the city, <laughs> the city is y'all's. I mean, you're still at Wrath and Axes, <clears throat> enjoying your breakfast. So also <laughs> sponsored by Peppero. We're playing. <laughs> <we're, laughs> where do you buy this stuff? This is from the Asian food market. Isn't that like bootleg poppy? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, it's Korean. What, what are day, we not? We what are day supposed is it? to? Uh, today you said we had three hours and fifty-five minutes to fuck That's around. Why I'm not saying anything. I'm literally <laughs> waiting on y'all. Today is the forty-fifth day of Odor. Is there anything special about today? No, not we don't get there for yes. like another week. Today is, is chest day. <laughs> I will be doing chest. Okay. When's leg day? Never, never. <laughs> don't you say those words in this house? Wake up and do your exercises. Yeah. Okay. I go play fetch. Okay. What time do we? Dawn. Dawn. Okay. So we it's just a took very, a long rest. It's a ve- yeah. I mean, through the night, it's a very early morning. Can we push oh, okay. that back to like dawn thirty? <laughs> I don't think he's gonna leave with us. I imagine he's not going. Yeah. He's not gonna leave us. So. He's out. And we're walking <laughs> on on to so the to see Zephyrx. No, we, we first we gotta get your armor. Oh yeah. We stop by the smithy. Okay. So you stop by the stout arm. Uh, Smithy, and uh, you see as uh, Garvis is standing there at the countertop, kind of with his feet up on a stool, like he's sitting in a chair, and his feet are up in a stool, and he's just drinking like this large, like ornately carved uh, pewter, like chat, like not chalice, but a cup. Just drinking, and he sees you coming. What's the Malkarian equivalent to coffee? Brown, Brown morning Brown potion. Morning potion. Have you not heard him say that every morning that we've been in here? I just, okay, I got it. Okay. Sitting there drinking his crown morning. <laughs> and he sees you and he goes, Oh, you're almost ready. Thank you very much, sir. And I'll, I'd like to go check it out. Okay. Pick it he hands it, it to you. Um, seems to have been cleaned a little bit. Oh. Um, you know, and now there are metal studs and a couple of metal plates that are even placed like in the upper shoulders and just besides that it's all stud and still flexible. Still nice and flexible leather. But you now have studded leather. Alright. And so I mean it looks like he did extra work on that. No. It's it's pretty standard. Um I mean it's quality work. It's absolutely quality work, but it's it's fairly standard uh studded armor. All right. But there's also, like I said, there's some, like up here in the chest, there's a couple of places where there's some actual, like, metal plates that are kind of um, stubbed into the leather. It leaves room for um, kind of, if you wanted to do any filigree work. Enchantment. Yeah, well, room. enchantment or, or or just ornate filigree work or whatever. I'll go up to him and say, it looks great. Thank you. I'll put it on Mm-hmm. So it looks great. Thank you so much. I'll go shake his hand. Okay. And in the palm, there is a silver piece. Oh. And I'll say, if I ever need anything else done, I'll be sure to come to you. Thank you, Dallas. Tell Angus all I said, hey. Will do. My name's Alistair, by the way. Oh, nice to meet you. Good to meet you. And I'll leave. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So you all go to the Western Wall? Indeed. The gate. Okay. No, just the wall. <laughs> you find Saphrax, who is sitting gracefully on the back of a horse. He has uh, the appropriate amount of horses and mounts with saddles and um, riding the pouches and stuff like that. 
um, seems to have taken care of everything. Um, and he seems to be sitting there like his bags are already packed, like everything's loaded onto his horse, and he's got like a bundle under one of his arms. And he's just looking at you as all of you approach. Are these all? Are these all riding horses? Yeah, just riding horses. Um, we bring the chest with us, I would imagine. Yes. We and, do. Uh, so, uh, is there a, a beast of burden or mule here, like a pack horse or a pack mule? No. Trailer? He just bought horses for everyone. But it wouldn't impose disadvantage. No. I mean, you can still put it on a horse. I would, I would probably put it on one of your lighter party members. I mean, if I could lift it, probably the horse would be fine. I mean, I could probably take it on my steed. I don't think you want to put another feather on that horse you're riding. This is magical, sir. So, um, I would put it on one of the horses, probably with one of the elves, since they're going to be lighter than everybody else. Fine, you skinny fucks. Don't trust me with the treasure chest. Don't trust him either. That's my point. But the dungeon master said do it. I'm pretty. I'm pretty lean. Okay, I will take care of the chest. I pick the chest up. I don't allow that. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm still holding on to it. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have a fight over the chest. to the back of mine. I seem to be a little slighter than you. Oh, he no, called you fat, brother. Mm. They're both Pat's conscious. Okay, I'll take sure. I'm 195 pounds. Oh, 180. Okay. <laughs> so you hand it to him? Yeah. I so, take it and I, I lash it to the horse. Gotcha. So Valinor has it lashed to his horse? And there's tamper-proof tape on. Is that what we're calling it? Well, it's kind—it's like tamper-proof tape. My my thought was, I have the highest passive perception of all you fucks. <laughs> I'd like to cast minor. Excuse us for doing what you're professional. Fight, fight. <laughs> hey, that's actually not a bad idea. Can you cast minor illusion just to make it look like the chest is invisible? Make it look like nothing's there at all. Uh, I don't think I can remove things. Or make it look like you also have a chest. Or can you make it look like just some regular also have bag to so that it's not a... You'd have to perpetually cast that through the yeah. entire area. I mean, it is a cantrip, so yeah. theoretically yeah. I could, but it only lasts for a minute. So no, like, no, don't worry about it, though. All right. <coughs> I was just trying to think of like a better way, to, another way to secure it. Safrex looks to all of you, kind of with a look of trying to confirmation that you're ready to leave. Hop on the my horse. And I'll, I'll look at him and I'll say, uh, the amethyst, please. He looks around, makes sure that there's no shady types. Um, and shady he reaches into this extremely loose, like, looking satchel, and he, uh, he says, Are all of you wanting amethysts versus the 120 gold pieces? I will be taking gold. Gold, please. Yeah. I'll also take the gold. Okay. As it goes to hand, I'll say, Amethyst, but I would, you said we would be given the option again at the end of January, right? No, I guaranteed a minimum of an Amethyst, because your friend was concerned about me ripping him off. <laughs> Amethyst, yes. I you did say we, we, yeah, one right. at the beginning, one at the end. You get the choice now between gold and amethyst. And then at the end, he said he would guarantee a minimum of an amethyst. So yeah, we so could potentially get two amethysts. <laughs> yeah, potentially. If we do a really good job. Yeah, okay. he guaranteed a minimum of an amethyst at the end. Okay, then now I'll take the gold and I'll take the 
Okay. Now, just keep in mind, the amethyst teeth is worth roughly 150, just depending on what you can get for it. Yeah. Okay. Got gotcha. So, okay. Just so I'm understanding this, he's paying us half before and half at the end. Is that right? Yes. Basically. He's yeah. paying you a choice of an amethyst or 120 GP now, and then an amethyst at the end. I okay, so that's what, I, that's what we were... Okay. Yeah. I, I, I took understand. notes on this, if anybody wants me to reread it. I think we've figured it out. I would okay. like the gold now, and then okay. an amethyst. So he gives you the uh, your according request, either an amethyst worth 150 GP or 120 gold. 120? Yeah. 120 is, do you know if there's an actual amethyst thing, or is that a custom item? That's a custom item. Because okay. I, I pulled all of my monetary value for jewels from somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, there's an amethyst in the gear, but it's it, it's only 100 GP. But you yeah. can still select amethyst, and, and it is 150 GP amethyst. Yes, that's what it's worth. Yes. Doesn't mean that's what you're going to get for it. Ooh, about 1500. All right, so you all depart from Edzon. Yes. Uh, all right. So Saffrax leading the way um, ushers his horse onward. Uh, and I you cast, I cast Find Steed, and I am riding on a war. Do you want to cast that out of the city? That's yeah. Okay. Um, so you want to walk out of the city and then cast it later? Yeah, when everybody mounts their horses. That's okay. when I cast it. Well, everybody mounts well, their horses, horses in the, in the city. city. Oh, I guess it was only it's only destructive magic that's forbidden. I, that's, I keep forgetting that we retconned that. But anyways, so yeah, you cast... Fine steed, mm-hmm. and what all of you see is that Rathanax summons this giant warg to ride on. Okay. Yeah, spectral. Nice. Black. Ugly. Very much. Very much. <laughs> What's his name? He doesn't have one yet. Mm. Kind mm-hmm. of a new that. Him and Fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of Snuffles. I Good like Snuffles. Which, by the way. Oh! Wargs are not an uncommon thing to see in Malkaria. Tamed wargs are um, easy to manage if you know how to manage them. So you have seen several wargs uh, as mounts in the city of Atzana so far. Okay. So it's not super uncommon to have a warg mount. Um, but anyways, so you all uh, leave the city of Atzana and travel slightly north, slightly westward. Um, as soon as we're up. I want to take a, a moment like while, just while we're like loading up our gear and everything just to make sure that I'm clear of any obvious sign that I'm affiliated with the Empire. Just kind of like checking myself for like <coughs> Okay. Um, you've done a pretty thorough job of making sure that you don't have anything externally that would associate you with the Empire. Right. And anything what do I have on me that would clearly identify me as being with the Empire? My maps don't Yeah, I don't, I don't think necessarily you have anything on you that would Distinguish you as part I have of like part. cartography documents and maps and things like that. But yeah. I guess that could be anything. So I just I was just thinking if I needed to hide, take any effort to hide anything. I don't think so. Okay. That's a really good idea though. Um. So. Uh, go ahead. As soon as we walk out, those are some trouble. Okay. Just keep in mind that you're still in. No, as soon as we walk out of the game. Yeah, I'm just telling you, but you're still in Empire-controlled territory. Just so you know. It's not destructive. No, and and. Pseudo dragons are also, they're not a common pet, but they're more common here in Malkaria. So okay. I'm just letting you know. Uh, but, anyways, uh, so you depart and you travel slightly north, slightly westward. Um, 
How far are we looking on the first day? It's bright and early, right? Yeah, it's bright and early. So 24 miles. We can travel 48 miles a day on horses. On horses? Yeah. So that's roughly half of that. Okay, gotcha. All right, so the days... I'm sorry, what? 40 miles? 48. 48. 48. 48. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So the day passes um, (laughs) fairly uneventfully. What you notice um, is that Malkari is different than Alebron. It's not any different for you, obviously, because you're from here, but Malkaria is predominantly like this loose, um, not not loose, but this hard-packed sand with, you know, that light greenery work on top of it and these, like, pines, evergreens. Um, and it takes, it makes for a really, like, breathtaking travel. Um, there's wide, open spaces and then patches of trees. So this isn't necessarily like a large like foliage area. It's mostly evergreens and sparse forests here and there and open areas of just large, like think like Southern United States. Um, but anyways, the, the, the day um, goes by without a whole lot of um, instances of seeing anyone. You do see merchants occasionally traveling back to Izana you don't see much of anybody passing you, obviously, but there's several merchant caravans, some sellswords, and you see a good, like, half a dozen large groups of Alibron military. Um, and as they go by, you can see that some of them have, you know, dented armor and weapons that have been broken. You can see some of them are bandaged up. These are all troops that are returning from the front line, quite apparently. But if you just let the day pass by, um, I, w- I will just as we're kind of running along, I'll, I'll ask our host, uh, the guy that we're escorting. What's his name? I'm sorry. Saffrax. 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 By the way, Saffrax sits on his horse like this. Side saddle. Yeah, not side saddle, just like Indian Cross-legged. style. Yeah. Cross legged on the back. If he lifts, if he lifts his leg, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's sitting on the horse, just like Indian style, just looking around. Seems to be thoroughly enjoying being out of the city. Zafrax, um, travel. Zafrax, uh, you travel into the Malkari control uh, regions fairly often. Yes. Uh, what do you usually tell it? Uh, anybody that stops you on the road, Host- people possibly. The. Malkar specifically are not hostile as long as you obey their laws. Uh, more than likely, uh, more than once, we will encounter <coughs> representatives of the chieftains of this area. Zunger, for example, has a strong and powerful chieftain with many oathmates. He sends out patrols in his domain to collect homage from merchants, travelers. Uh, as long as you pay the homage, there is no issues. How steep is the homage? Uh, it is nothing to someone of your caliber, I assure you. Does that mean that you're paying it for us? <laughs> Sephrax has uh, the appropriate items to pass. The Makarians use a totem system. Okay. Um, and he, at that point, kind of reaches down onto his hip and pulls out a ring of, like, these wooden... No, I'm sorry. Some of them are wooden. You see wooden, iron, steel different types of metals, mm-hmm. and there are all these rectangular um, things about this big. 
Okay. And they're all carved with different sigils on them. Do any of them uh, bear resemblance to his pendants? Why can I not remember his name? Uh, that's going to be a perception check. Are you proficient in perception? Because he only just takes it out and like, whips it. I would like to do a perception check. Okay. If you're proficient in perception, then you can make one. Because this is, that's a tough check. <gasps> suck. 21? 21? 18. 12. Um, sorry, let me change the ambience real quick. I feel like we've been on this one for a while. Uh... Weird question. Yes. Since uh, specifically with this warlock pact boon uh, and with the pseudo dragon, it says uh, serve another creature forming a magic telepathic bond with a willing companion. While the two are bonded, the companion can sense what the pseudo dragon senses as long as they're within one mile of each other. That's inherent. It has advantage and is proficient with perception. If I wanted. <coughs> But it's still got the whole 100 feet of I can look through its eyes through 100 feet. But with the advantage of I can sense what it senses within a mile. Yeah, but um, Ozark's not going to know what to look for in totems. Okay, so I would have to be looking through his eyes to do that. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so um, the 18. Who had the 18? Um, And you had a what? 21. 21, so you succeed as well. You don't see... Did you show them these? You didn't show them the amulets. It would have been me and Leo Frick in the room when I first took them out, but I did talk to I talked to somebody about them. Was I thought you? we talked about them when we were going. I think talking we did. about going to the town. Yeah, I yeah we, we did. Talked we about talked about them at some point in time. Did you oh, show them? So yes, they would have been shown. Okay, gotcha. You don't see any anything on the totems that would match that symbol. There are a variety as as he's kind of jingling these totems. There's a variety of sigils like banners. All of you are well-informed enough and educated enough to know that all of the carvings on these totems are banners so that represent plans. different holds of Malkaria. So, so as long as you have one of these banners or one of these carved things, it's basically like a, a pass into that domain. Yes, or you can pay the homage. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ozark will go up to you. I do want to note that I did intentionally take all of the documents, the pendants, I've got all of that stuff with me. Okay. Everything that came out of the safe, obviously except for the gold, which went to Leo Freak, but everything else from the safe I have on my person. The deed? Gotcha. Huh? The deed? All yes. The... I have everything. So you do, the floor safe is basically empty right now. Yes, it is okay. empty. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, I was going to go up to you, Rathanax, mm-hmm. and in your mind you hear, uh, well, let's see, the simple <laughs> idea of... Uh, it's just gonna flash to those those pen those passage coins and then to your pendants and then like a question mark. Okay. And then he'll fly back to me. Do I do I just think it or No no, you, you fully understand him with his limited telepathy and you are within hundred feet of him. So yeah. he communicated with you. No, I'm I'm I, to communicate back, do I No, you can't communicate back. Okay, okay. He can only uh, issue that idea to you. And I so, um, towards the end of the first day's journey, um, you come across something that kind of um, doesn't necessarily take you off guard, but it's odd because you've gone through this large, like, flat terrain with the same, you know, evergreen trees, and uh, all of a sudden there's just this shock of color change as you see this large stone pillar that 
rises out of the uh, out of the earth, and it's got three sides. All three sides depict the same thing, um, which is. You see a uh, human male uh, standing with this like proud and revered um, stance, and he's dressed in the attire of a noble, a lord, something like that. But it's just it's depicting this this reverent, you know, elegant-looking uh, human male on all three sides. Not general crisis. No. Is this a carving or a painting? Uh, you do not recognize him. Okay. It is not. It is carved into the three sides of this stone. But could I maybe make a well, history yeah. check? Um, you could maybe make a history check, yeah. It's it's more of an obelisk than a pillar, by the way. Can I also make a history Are you proficient in history? No. Yeah, no. For this, is, this is kind of obscure knowledge. For, for future reference, I'm proficient in half plus seven. You, the two of you could make it. You could make it as well. I'd like to touch the pillar with 16? For history? Dirty 20. Dirty 20? Okay. Um, you would like to touch it? With mage hand. With mage hand. Nothing happens. Cool. Um, with a dirty 20. Because this is kind of obscure knowledge. Maybe you've heard about this like in passing, mm-hmm. but you've never heard of this particular stone. You've never heard of you know where they are. Maybe you've heard some travelers talking about obelisks in the past, but that would be it. You, however, um, in your research of Malkaria that you did prior to you coming to the continent... Um, found a small excerpt in one of the books that uh, a historian had wrote about uh, the obelisks. Uh, And they are a um, carved image of varying types. So this one appears to depict a, a nobleman or someone like that. But the other obelisks that are on the continent depict other things. Um, you know from this uh, excerpt that you read that they are arcane in nature, that people have examined them in the past and found them to have some type of magic, and that no one really knows who made them. Hmm. As in they're older than the presence, than the Empire's presence on the continent? Oh yeah, the Empire's presence, absolutely. Huh. I, I was thinking this was to commemorate some victory of the Empire. Did you have a question, Renali? Can I cast Identify? You can. um, Sure. You cast Identify on it? Okay, so you got to touch it in order to do that. Is that true? Yeah, it's a touch. I'll touch it. Okay, so you touch it. Before you have finished the components, I think it's verbal. that's not a new spell, right? Well, y'all haven't leveled up, so never mind that though. Uh, you touch it, and as soon as you touch the stone, you feel almost this this hum, this vibration that just slowly tingles from the tips of your fingers into the palm of your hand and up your arm. And it's not it's not an uncomfortable feeling by any means, but as it kind of overtakes you, you feel this sense of calm. And from your identify, again, I don't know the school of magic or anything like that, but this um, relic, this obelisk, somehow 
enhances individuals. And does it tell you that you learn how to use it? If it's magic, I learn properties and how to use them. Yeah. Okay, so you would know that anyone who um, you would know that a charismatic individual could meditate at the base of this stone and gain some some benefit from it. It is still pretty early. Well, actually, no, it's evening. It's evening. This okay. is this is towards the. You said forty-eight miles. Yeah. Yeah, you're towards the evening now. No place like, no other place like here to make camp. Well, oh, by the way, I'm sorry. Agree more. Off in the distance, you do see a small hamlet, like a small village. Oh, how far off? Are you Not far. Not far. I'll have Ozark sweep over it and come back and inform you of what's going on. Okay, gotcha. I'd like to meditate. Hear screams of villagers as a pseudo dragon. Is there a time? <laughs> no, no, no. He goes in walking, I'm acting human with a smile. <laughs> I'd like to meditate at the thing because I'm charismatic. So you convey this to them? Yeah, yeah I convey it to everyone. Okay. So you sit down at uh, the base of the obelisk. I'll do it with him. Okay. Hey, see. You can all hold oh, hands. Yeah. Okay, sure. One on, each, one on each side. Yeah, yes. one on each side. You all look at this sense. obelisk and contemplate the twisting arcane symbols and runes that are carved. You can see these bands of uh, looks like some kind of language that are that are carved all around the base of this obelisk. And uh, it takes you about an hour. But uh, with the calming effect that this, that this stone seems to put off um... It's not difficult for you to sit there and meditate. And the rest of you, I guess, take a, just take a break. Um, once it is finished, you feel empowered by whoever created this obelisk, whoever this obelisk depicts. You feel that somehow that individual is guiding you. And you gain a temporary 1d10 inspiration die. Oh, nice. Okay. It is uh, a one-time use. Does it go away with a long rest? No. <coughs> you all have the guidance of the Lord Stone. I'm assuming that can't be used for damage, but can be used no, for only for chari- dive. Yeah, only well, only for charismatic only checks. Charismatic, okay. Only for charismatic checks. Guidance of the Lord Stone. Yeah, you have the guidance of the Lord Stone. I would like to look at the mom like, so what happened? I feel guided by the Lord Stone. <laughs> you said it can only be used on a charisma-based role? Yes. And it's only a one-time use. Is something that, say, we have to make a charisma saving throw for? Could we add this to it? Yes. The charisma. Anything with charisma in time. Yeah. He's got something in mind, and I don't like it. <laughs> you 
Church. Well, we committed crimes. So. Yeah, no, we did. Y'all are the criminals. <laughs> what did you say? Uh, <laughs> what? So it's it's at this time it's it's starting to get a little dark. Um, it's 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 early early nighttime. There's no way to add that in the No, I don't think so. You just have to put a note in. I'm I'm really struggling with what spell there. Um, I wouldn't worry about that yet, considering you're, you haven't taken a long rest. I know. I, I'm, I was just looking at it from the previous long rest, and we haven't. I haven't used any magic. I'd like to. I'd like to substitute cure wounds for something that might be more beneficial. Can can we get yeah. to a long rest before you? Okay. I'd like to go to the town with the group and okay. say, "Let's go to the town, guys." Okay. So, do you all leave the Lordstone and go to the small little hamlet that's outside? Sure. Sure. Okay. Still in the Empire's domain, I guess. Yes, you are. You're still deep within the Empire's domain. Um. <gasps> Everybody look at Kyle. <laughs> That's a <your> boot. <laughs> you all know what it was. So, anyways, um, it's a long flush. The, it's a heavy load. Um, all of you, all of you, go into this small little hamlet, uh, and you see it's a it's a quaint little town. It's not it's not quite big enough, probably even to have really a name. It's maybe a dozen people. That are all farmers, uh, cattle workers, maybe maybe wood, um, not lumberjacks. Carpenters. No, well, no people who get wood from uh, <laughs> you stupid. Phrasing woods woodsmen maybe sure. Okay, you are thinking of lumberjacks, loggers, loggers maybe that might be a better word. But either way, it's a small city. The um, Uh, the main thing that stands out in this city is that despite the fact that it is kind of sparse um, and you know kind of bleak, just a regular humble city, there is a statue in the center of it that is this very ornate, uh, ornately carved uh, statue made out of wood. What does the statue depict? So you walk up, okay. The statue depicts. Um, give me five seconds. Mm. This is in the hamlet that was not far in the distance. Yeah. Do we have a name for the hamlet yet? No, not really. It's like I said. It's it's super small. Gotcha. Um, Village of the Wood God. Village of the Wood God. Oh, well, Hamlet of the Woodstock. That'd be fine. Hamlet of the Lords, then, yeah. Um, so, you, you see this wooden statue that depicts a feminine form, uh, albeit uh, fairly large. And it's about life-size. Um, but it is a depiction of a tall feminine form dressed in plate armor with this helm with stag horns coming off of the helm. So that's where they got the wood. Uh, we, and she is wielding this large, like, great sword that she's holding like this. But you can't see the face because of the helm, and uh, pretty much the only thing of note besides the fact that she's wearing this um, quality plate is the uh, antlers that are coming off of her helm. 
and no inscription or anything carved in it. Um, no, there wouldn't necessarily be an inscription. Okay. Is the wood treated to resist the elements, I assume? So it's it's funny you mention that. It looks like this statue... Building a greatsword? Yeah. And it's wood? Yeah, it's made out of wood. Um, this statue seems to be slightly in disrepair. It doesn't seem like it's been taken care of very well. Like the elements have kind of gotten to it. There's only a couple of people out and about. You see one person walking around. He's got a loot strung over his back. And then there's a couple of villagers that are nearby. Um, one of them wearing this like large hat with this like veil that goes over the front of his face. Can I stop him? Yep. You want to stop that one? Sure. Okay. Uh, and you said it's, well, you said veil over the face, so I don't know if it's male or not, right? You can see it's male. Okay, I see. Um, pardon me, sir. Yeah! Who is the uh, large wooden statue of? Oh, that's the stag knight. Stagnite? And what is the stagnite? Ah, uh, well, she's kind of like a like a folk hero, I guess. You know, she used to she used to defend us from like Malkar raiding parties, uh, wolves, bears, things like that. Oh, no. has she not been around in a while? Nah, you say used to. That's why. I yeah, it, it got bad. Like, kind of seems like maybe we did something to piss her off. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, what'd you do to piss off the tall lady? I don't know. It's been a lot of instances of uh, people disappearing, uh, people getting mauled by bears, uh, and a rash of uh, nightmares, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you believe this is caused by the stagnite? Do you think you pissed her off and now she's your enemy? No, I think I think we pissed her off and now she's not helping us out from all these things. Oh, so she didn't live here. She would just come in to intervene. And, and she has not done that. Very few people had actually seen this thing. I never seen it. But they say that like she'd jump out of the woods at the last minute, you know, kill a bear before it killed, you know, a woodsman or, or, or she'd fend off like a pack of wolves from a bunch of little kids that were playing in the ah. woods. Stuff like that, you know. Ah. Well thank you. Um what's a good place to get a bite to eat, maybe a drink and a bed in this town? Oh, we don't have anything like that. All right. Have a good day. What was your name? Alvon. Alvon? Yeah. Pleasure. I... And I'll walk away. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ovon had a quest for us. Alvon? Alvon. I said Ovon. Um, Do you know anyone who might have uh, more information about the stagmite, perhaps, or your particular issues? Ah... Uh, uh, that bard over there, he kind of knows a lot about the town. He kind of hangs around here. He's from here. Oh, a bard? Yeah. Does he suck? No, I, th- <laughs> I think he's pretty good, but I'm also really tone deaf, deaf in this ear. I can tell. I got a really bad bee sting. Yeah. I'm a, they, they call me Alvon the Bee Holder because I'm, oh. I, yeah, cause I work with bees. <laughs> right. Yeah. What the, well. Do beholders get the disguise self spell in it by any chance? What do you mean? Is this guy a beholder? No, he's a bee holder. Inside. He's a bee holder. <laughs> um, yeah, they call Didn't me. Did you hear the man? He said he works with bees. The bee holder. I don't know what a bee holder is. What's a bee holder? I'd like I, to hit, I would like to insight smooth. check. This. Okay, make an insight check. Oh my god. Alvon's <laughs> the bee bag. <laughs> um, twenty-one. No, nah, double digit IQ. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> okay. That's, 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 yeah, exactly. When he brought yeah. it up, I was like, you know what I mean? 
<laughs> Maybe. That's <laughs> exactly true. <laughs> okay. I'd like to go talk to the bard. Okay, so you walk over to the bard, who is strolling around in the uh, streets, or in the, I'm sorry, the small little courtyard that's in this hamlet. Um, and he looks at you and he says, Hi, stranger. Hello, how are you? I am alright, how are you? Pretty well, uh, you make much money here. Uh, no, these are humble folks, so I don't, I don't really charge them a whole lot. What I tend to do is uh, upcharge on travelers. As they come through. What does the bar look like? Um, he's kind of a normal-looking human male, um, blonde hair. Definitely not of Malkar descent. He's not a Malkar human. He seems to be probably from Alderaan. Um, wearing comfortable traveling clothes and carrying a loot on his back. Uh, that stupid man over there says that you might know something <laughs> about the Stagnite. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I know a pretty good bit about it. Uh, I've got a, got a couple of tales... Uh, about about the stag knight. Um, I've got a gold piece if you'd be willing to tell us some stories. Sure, sure. Gold piece then. You hand him a gold piece? Yep. Okay. Um, he... Let's see. You're wanting to hear about the stag knight? He says, I, I also have some tales about Kybrexis, if, you, if you'd like to hear that. That's the dragon. Yeah. Uh, the stag knight first, but... Perhaps afterwards. All right. Um, the story of the Stagnite, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase through this. You can you can imagine in your head that he's singing this. I'm not going to sing it. Oh, I was actually going to I'm not I going need to, you to sing. It. I'm not going to put y'all through this. But oh. let's say that he does whip out his role play and either I sing a song. Beautiful tenor. Yeah. If I'm all one eighteen or higher, you have to sing it. So. I don't think so. With that's an 18. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> That's not how this works. Oh, no. That's <laughs> not how any of this works. Um, so I'm gonna so get so Everybody get up and leave. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> the story of the Stagnite begins in the Emerald Glade. Um, it's a area outside of the small hamlet where when Adzana first formed, when Alavron first came to Malkaria, they secured these lands around them and, and began to become industrious and, and send foragers out, farmers, uh, woodsmen. Uh, it was those, the people who first formed the small hamlet that found the Emerald Clade. It's quite a tranquil and beautiful place and you, you go there and there's a, there's a sense of peace, but also ominous in, in some way. At one point, there was a massive ash tree in the center of it. Um, and with the war efforts raging on past the small hamlet, the leaders of the town decided to, t to cut it down in an attempt to send more lumber to the war front for bows and uh, arrows and, and things of that nature. Anyways, when this happened, the forest seemed to come alive with just terrible beasts, nothing like anyone had ever seen before. These creatures were, were touched with some madness, and they would attack uh, woodsmen and, and anyone that they could get their hands on and kill them outright. And 
it was years before we got a response from uh, Alvaron or, or, or anyone in the higher-ups, but eventually they sent a group of druids to investigate the Emerald Blade. And what happened exactly that day is, is uncertain, but we know that none of them came out of the woods. And since then, the Stagnite has protected us. She has stopped the incursion of the, the wolf packs and the trolls and the bears from coming too close to our village. She stopped the Malkar raiding party single-handedly and protected us for, for years. And about a year ago, we started noticing an uptick in people going missing. And there was even some maulings, and now the village is plagued with, with terrible nightmares of the forest creeping in to our homes. Do you have any idea what might be um, causing this, uh, the defense of the stagnite to cease? I have no idea, no. But I wish you'd return. This town hasn't been the same since she stopped aiding us. Have you seen the stagnite yourself? No, I haven't. you know of anyone in the town who has? Yeah, uh, Lida. She's an old woman that lives in town. Uh, she's seen it. Okay. Uh, is everybody else with me, or am I just kind of... Yeah, yeah, we're all staying around. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and say, um, it seems that the statue has fallen into a bit of disrepair. If this is a bit of a ceremonious thing, perhaps having the statue repaired might influence this being. I don't know who maintains the statue, I just know that it's fallen into disrepair after she sort of abandoned us. Okay. Do we want to hear the song, or the, yeah, the song about the the dragon? I would like to... Mm use a channel divinity mm-hmm. divine sense as an action you can detect good and evil until the end of your next turn you can sense anything affected by the hollow spell or know the location of any celestial fiend undead within 60 feet that is not behind total cover okay so you use this divine sense and the the hamlet itself which is is probably a little larger than 60 feet Mm-hmm. Um, you do not sense anything in the town itself. And, okay. and you check. You were checking for evil. I was checking for anything that is celestial fiend undead. Okay. Yeah. You don't see anything in the village. Okay. Celestial fiend undead. So light the Sidon person would be in the village, and he did. Uh, Lida. Lida. Yeah. Lida. Sorry. This Lida person would be in the village, but he doesn't sense she, celestial she, fiend undead. No. No. He's a he. Lida is um, a female, yeah. Right. Um, how close are we to the statue you're talking to the bard? Very close. Uh, I'd like... I don't want to leave this conversation. Uh, I'd like to ask about the songs about the dragon, since we're... Okay. Uh, I'm assuming that's all of his information on the stagnite. Yeah. He, or at least all that he's going to tell us without some prodding. Yeah. Um, okay, but I would like to hear about the dragon as well. But while he's talking about the dragon, I would like to examine the statue okay. closely. Gotcha. 
Um, you gonna pay him a gold piece to sing yeah. the song? Okay, gotcha. Can I um, sing it over the course of this, this this song and going up with him to kind of examine the statue? I want a ritual cast, um, detect magic. Okay, that's ten minutes. Yep. It's gonna take you longer than his song, just so you know. It's not a ballad. <laughs> no, not quite. By the way, he introduced himself as Craster the Bastard. Craster the Bastard. Craster the Bastard. Um, And after you give him his gold piece, he says, uh, I can tell you the tale. uh, uh, It's it's a personal tale that I I have constructed called The Notched Wing and the Broken Maul. Sounds excellent to me. All right. Let's see. Years before the Battle of Red Gulf, the untamed horde of Malkaria was traveling from west to east, led by their fearless chieftain, Gran Utondor. And it was a calm day. Uh, Clear skies. The untamed horde is not afraid of much, but... When they saw the wings of Tybraxus coming down upon them, they steadied themselves and prepared for their inevitable death. Grunt took his most elite fighters and they fled to the tree line, where they survived the first volley of Tybraxus's flame. Grunt quickly formulated a plan to take down Tybraxus. Er, Kybraxus. He had his men bend a mighty black pine down to the ground, where he then sat. They waited for Kybraxus to fly back over and released the pine. And Grun flew through the air and landed on Kybraxus's right wing, where he then presented his dagger and plunged it into the dragon's soft flesh and rode it down to the ground as Kybraxus fell. Kybraxus and Grun faced off in single combat, and Grun managed to plant his maw on top of Kybraxus's head several times, dizzying and stunning the dragon. Kybraxus whipped his massive tail, his spiked prongs on the back, into Grun, smashing his maw to pieces. But the damage was done. Kybraxus was in no shape to take on the untamed horde that was enclosing onto him now. With that, Kybraxus, for the first time, turned and fled from the untamed hordes. It is for that reason that now the untamed hordes travel without worry of dragon attacks. <laughs> Hey, Coden. <laughs> so, yeah, it's in part of this story to you. Daddy. I got it. Did you get all of it? No, I'm going to listen to the recording. He said, nope. I didn't get all of it. Kiss. I missed the first ten words, so I said I was going to listen to the recording. I have a 
Okay, so uh, I'd like to examine the statue then. Okay, uh, make a perception or intelligence check. Or intelligence? Yeah. I'm gonna guess that perception is probably better. But yeah, perception. Fourteen. Fourteen. Doesn't seem to be anything out of the ordinary about it. It seems to be carved um, fairly ornately, oh. but there's no language or runes or anything on it. So, after ten minutes, Ritual casting Yeah, anything popping up from the statue? No, nothing is popping up from the statue. Anything within 30 feet of me? No, nothing within 30 feet of me. Okay. I have that for her. Anything affected by the hollow spell? It's, it's well into up. the night at this point, I'd by like the way. i step up to Craster. Okay. Where would be a good place to set up a camp around the town? I've heard that they don't exactly have an inn here. Oh, anywhere's fine. Uh, what is Safrax? Safrax? Yeah. That's a good question. Safrax has taken this bundle that was under his arm and has opened up several layers of butcher paper and has produced like a large, like, just chunk of flesh of some kind. He's just chomping on it, listening to the story. <laughs> okay. So super, he's here with super us. Super interested in he the story. He broke out four chops. Yeah. So, do you, where's Jeff go? I have a question. Hey. Oh, as an action, divine sense, as an action you can detect good and evil. Until the, sp- until the end of your next turn, you can sense anything affected by the hollow spell or know the location of any celestial fiend or undead within 60 feet. So those are not the same. I have to pick one or the other, mm-hmm. right? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, so... Having already cast Divine Sense, is there anything within 60 feet affected by the hollow spell? No. Okay. Just wanted to clarify. Mm-hmm. I'm setting up my... What uh, time is it roughly? Oh, it's, it's, it's pretty... Yeah, pretty... It, it's it's, it's like fully dark. Time? No, I mean, it, it's it's dinner time. I'd like to go try and find this old lady. Okay, Lida? Okay, he points you in the direction, which, by the way, he did specify the Emerald Glade that he's talking about is not here. It's it's further into the woods. Roughly, I'll which ask direction? Him, roughly how far? Away. It's like half a mile. It's it's not very okay. far. I'll, are we establishing a camp here? I would yeah. say yes. Okay, I'll go ahead and start building a camp and putting the fire together and things like that. Okay. Can I? Ha- I'll hand you my bedrolls. You said the Emerald Glade is yes. about sir. a half a mile outside of town. And you go to find who goes to find Lida? Okay, gotcha. I guess just me. Yeah, he I'll go with him. he okay. points you in the direction of a small house, and you can see as you're approaching through the window pane, the the uh, curtains are drawn, but there is a candle still lit inside. How big is the circumference of this village? Not super big. It's bigger than sixty feet, but it's probably got maybe four or five homes. It'd take ten minutes to walk the circumference. Yeah, I just want to take ten minutes and walk the circumference where it butts up to the woods and check for like tracks or anything like that? It doesn't necessarily butt up to the woods. It's kind of in an open area. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. There is a tree line that you can see maybe like 100 yards away. Okay. You're going to go to the glade. By yourself in the night. So, not a cool decision. I'm just I, asking if you are. I'll, I'll go with you two and then I'll make, 
I'll I was say, gonna say I'm, I'm also very interested in going to the Glade, but I want to find information first. Somebody Agreed, but it is somewhere that I would very much like to see tonight, a place I think would be best for meditation and praying. Somebody catch me up. What's Sounds supposed good. to be in the Glade specifically? Uh, well, there was a tree, and uh-huh. then, oh, okay, then okay, there okay, wasn't okay, a tree, right, and then there were druids, and then there weren't druids. Gotcha. I'm with you. Whatever. They, so they, I, w- I want to be with this. The keynote in all of this is that a lot of stuff goes into the woods and doesn't come out. Yeah, <laughs> that's the. That's oh, the it's, oh. A, it's not a half mile up the road. Well, I'm going to go in and towards the woods. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm good with going okay. to the woods, okay. but I'd like information before we do. Yeah, so I, I, was, I was under the impression it was like on the roadway, like gotcha. a half mile away. I didn't know it was through the woods a mile. So a mile. you walk up to this door, and who else with him? Uh, the three, all of us, I guess. So, no, well, yeah, he's yeah, setting up camp. Yeah, I'll, I'll stay with him. Okay. Gotcha. So, there, all of you run up and rap and tap on the door, and you hear like a uh, like a little, hello. Uh, yes, hello. Um, my name is Nicholas. Uh, the bard over there sent me over here. He said that you had some experience with the um, stagnite. I've I've seen it once. She says through the door, as you can hear, like a latch, like just a single latch coming undone. Would you be willing to tell me about your experience? The door opens, and you can see what is an older female in like these blue, like dress robes, uh, and she says, "Why?" Um. Well, the bard spun a very interesting tale, and uh, I, being a bard myself, I really enjoy learning about the local lore and uh, the experiences of people with things perhaps supernatural. Very well, and she kind of looks and she sees the um, massive Malkar, <laughs> the... Um, I, would, I would have to duck to get into her yeah, house, wouldn't I? Yes, the, the, the <laughs> kind of affluent-looking um, tiefling and the dragonborn who are standing behind uh, you. These are my friends, very gentle, except for her, she bites. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the rest of them, very smile. nice. <laughs> yeah. She, it's just... Kind of lets out like a little, like a little smile, and she says, "It's okay. I bite too." <laughs> <laughs> Opens the door, uh, and you can see inside. It's it's a very meager, humble home that's also very clean. Um, you know, so she invites you all in. She has to pull some chairs from different places in the house, and and kind of all puts them around this hewn uh, dinner table. And she says, "I could I could make some tea if you'd like." Uh, we don't want to be any trouble. Um, he would be wonderful. Well, apparently we will be some trouble. Uh, <laughs> my friend would love some tea. She goes and puts on a pot of tea. I also enjoy tea. Yeah, if, if you're making it anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I can. And she goes to begin and she says, So, you want to know about the stagnite? I, I'm afraid I don't know very much about her. I've, I've seen her once. I was gathering mushrooms foraging in, uh, in the woods and... I never heard them. I, I turned around and there was this massive black wolf. And I looked to my left and my right and there was wolves all around me. I, I backed myself into a pine tree and resided in myself to the fact that I was going to die. And just before she emerged, I, I looked deep into the wolves' eyes and I saw something that still haunts me to this day. This burning yellow. It was just piercing through me from these wolf's eyes. It wasn't natural. 
But that's when the stag knight jumped out of the woods. She killed the first wolf with one swing of her greatsword. Her armor was gleaming in the sunlight, and she killed another, and the rest fled. She didn't say anything to me. She only picked up my basket and handed it to me and gestured for me to walk back to town. Interesting. Did she say anything to you? Uh, he just said she didn't <laughs> say anything to her. Well, fuck He me. literally <laughs> said that yes. verbatim. Fuck you, Kyle. And she didn't say anything to me, but... Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> She I was, was fucking typing. I, mean, I was at I was at the rest. Fair enough. Flat. It's just funny that you literally like word for word. Said <laughs> did she say? Anything? She didn't say anything to me. Did she say anything to you? <laughs> <laughs> she looks at you and she says, "I know one thing. The stag knight's not what everyone says she is. She's not some deity or some something that came from somewhere else. She's she's a person." I could feel her, I could feel her, her aura, her, her protection, and she's a flesh and blood person who's come out here to help us, the ones who are far away from Atzana, the ones who don't get many Imperial patrols, we, we need her, and she hasn't been around lately. Do you think she might be in trouble? Is that, do you think that could be why she hasn't come around? I think that's the only way the Stagnite wouldn't help us. As if she's in trouble. You think she lives in the woods? I think so. I've never heard of her being anywhere else but our woods outside of our town. Well, thank you very much for your hospitality. Um, is there anything else that you can think of? Uh, we might be going on a little bit of a... Are you going to find her? She, she interjects. Kind yes. Of, like, optimistically. And she says, are you going to find her? If we can, perhaps. Please, help her. Whatever she needs, the people of this hamlet will provide. We, we have to have her protection out here. It's, it's dangerous. We haven't had a full-pledged Malkar raiding party in years. And that's all thanks to her. I, I fear for the day that that changes. I'd just like to thank her again and sort of uh, gesture for us to leave, I guess, because it's getting pretty late. All of you have had like little sips of tea as she's been telling this story. Yeah. Could I do? Uh, I'd like to palm two gold pieces, and as I get up and set the cup down, place two in the seat of my chair. Okay. And get up and leave. See, my first instinct would to think that those fell out of your pocket if I were her. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, okay, then uh, as I, uh, is it like a couple? I'm just telling saucer? you what I would think if I was a little old lady. I'd sir, like, sir, you, you lost your gold. Is it a cup on a saucer? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'd like to, uh, while I'm sipping it, slip two under the cup and on the gotcha. saucer and then sit That's a little more okay. gotcha. intentional. Yeah. The right. lady acquired tea-covered gold. Yeah. <laughs> she throws all of them in the dishwasher. Yeah. <laughs> She's blind. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you all leave Lida's house. I'd like to go to... Um, Jake is contagious. Saffrax. Um, <laughs> gotcha. And I'd like to. Saffrax is in the process of. Um, he's about to start preparing his his tent. I'd like to convey this story to him in the most exciting way possible. Okay. Uh, to get him perhaps interested in sticking around here long enough to figure this out. Okay. Um, I'd like 
Can I assist? Okay, make a persuasion check through the form of trying to tell the story, and we'll say you have advantage. Because you're bored. Okay, persuasion. Uh, 21. 21? 21. 21. Plus 10. Zephyrx hears this elegant recounting of the story that you heard, and he says, Zephyrx is willing to stay in this hamlet. It is a quaint place, and Zephyrx loves the tranquility and peace that it offers. Zephyrx will await a maximum of two days here. Excellent. Thank you, Zephyrx. Uh... So, do you still want to go tonight into the woods, knowing that it's going to be probably a fight? I still want to, but I could be talked out of it. But hearing of a glade, like, as soon as somebody mentioned something about a glade like that, my character immediately perked up. Is there any, like, is there any out, like, like meta reason why we would not go to the woods? Is anybody missing a spell slot? Can I make, it, long can I make an inside check to see if we're about to go into a level 9 he area? He said yes. No. He said death. Death? Mm-hmm. Okay. I am down one Do you ask slot. my character? Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I'm, I'm down I'm, a spell I'm, I'm down I'm, a second level is, I'm spell. I'm, like, conversing with you post-meta and not. But that's it. I'll say, uh, well, the idea of going yeah. and getting to see a beautiful think, glade like that would do my heart well, but... Going when it is in the sunshine of a bright new day also is appealing. Question. I'm willing to travel wherever the group is, but I would like to see the glade before we leave this place. Question for the DM. Mm-hmm. Did Lida seem to indicate if there was any more, or either Lida or Crash or the Bastard, did either of them seem to indicate that there was more or less activity in that glade? Or around that glade in the night versus during the day. They all indicated that the nighttime is the worst. Like that's when people go missing, and that's when the nightmares happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, so we should probably wait till day then. I'm thinking that if nothing else, just because if it does take a long time, we don't suffer exhaustion. Sure, because that can be bad news over yeah. time. Yeah. Um, okay, that's fair. So we established so a watch set of camp. Yeah, because camp is set already. Because Saffrax has agreed to stay for two days maximum. Yeah. So we've got two days to figure this out. Okay. I'm, I like it. All right, so... First I thing tomorrow morning, we head to the woods? Yeah. To be clear, Alistair is less concerned with figuring this out and more concerned with getting to the Getting what? Getting to the glade. No, I, absolutely. Okay. But I, I think that those will go hand in hand. Both yeah, yeah, they are the okay. same. Okay, yeah. No, I, I'm I'm not trying to like push you into this other thing. I think that by going to the glade, we will be. Yeah. Okay. All, I, just, all, I just didn't want to give all questions with the answers right. with in or around the glade. I'm very oh. curious about the stag Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so if we want to set watch, uh, I only need to take four hours, so I can take the last watch and then watch the rest of the night. <laughs> watch. Watch. I'll take first watch. Okay. Like I'll take end of watch. Like that disappointing Christmas gift from your lesbian neighbors. When? Did your role actually told them you'd like a watch? <laughs> <You're> so, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> so anywho, oh that was a drawn out joke. <laughs> um, one thing that you time, do notice. That. One thing that you do notice is that on um, Safrax's horse, he goes and he pulls off. What appears to be a um, 
normally wrapped two person no well maybe a little bigger than a, a, ca- a canopy tent essentially um, and he tosses it onto the ground and he begins to unfold it and it looks like a normal canopy tent maybe a little larger than something just that just he would need please tell me it's huge inside but um, he looks at a lot of you after he set it up and he says is there anything else that you would be needing for the night I don't suppose so. No. I believe we're all set. We will be establishing a watch for safety. I would assume so, considering I am paying you good gold. Yes. <laughs> Very well. And he goes to turn, and the thing that's odd, the only reason that I mentioned it was because when he opens the flap, there's just this slight, like, triangular thing that you can, the triangular space that you can see from the flap. There is this vibrant rug that's in the center of it, despite the fact that he hasn't walked in yet. And there's also glowing, like, luminous light, almost from, like, a candelabra. Can I get, like, a quick perception check? Make a perception check. Okay. I, would, I, would, I would love to really look <laughs> If you're proficient this. in perception. Oh, fucking shit. I don't want to talk about it. 13. 18. Huh? I'm, I don't, I'm not proficient. Five. Well... It's, we're talking about maybe a couple of seconds. I'm going to go knock on the tent. Okay. Can you can also do that. Perception. 20. 20? 18 for me. 30, 20. Okay, so you, you see everything that I mentioned. Um, it looks like the inside of the floor of this tent is completely carpeted, like just multiple carpets all over the place. You see the leg of what seems to be some kind of brass, like ornate drink stand, but you only see like the base of it. And as the flap closes, um, you can see that it's very well illuminated on the inside, despite having just been set up. I just want to turn to the group and be like, did you guys fucking see that? I'm, <laughs> not, listen, I'm going to knock on the tent. Okay, you go and you on the outside of the tent, Yeah. and you hear Safrax, hello? <laughs> yes, um, quick question, uh, am I going absolutely batshit crazy, or is it beautifully incompetent and warm in there? He opens the flap of the tent where you can just see that like his little ears like flap up against the, the canvas uh-huh. like as he's bringing his head out and he goes no you're, you're right it's it's not a normal tent uh, have a very good night um, <laughs> before you go what would it take for one to perhaps get one of those uh, Sephrex had it made custom uh, from one of his friends in the Dune Sea I'm sure that if, if you ever find yourself in the Dune Sea you can have a tent like this made. I will definitely be... Do you spend a lot of time in Atsana? Because I would definitely... I imagine it's not a cheap thing, and I plan on making more money in the future. Is this something that you might be a... I don't know, a liaison for? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, Sephrex just purchased it from my friend. Uh, but Not even to tell us who the friend was if we wanted to buy it. Sephrex could tell you. He would have to... Uh, have after, a good night's sleep. After the journey and after we have proven ourselves, maybe. Yes. Well, thank you, Perhaps Sephrax. if Sephrax grows to like you, Sephrax oh. might even show you his tent. I don't think that'll be a problem. Have a wonderful night, sir. Sephrax will grow like you more if you let a man sleep. <laughs> <laughs> he closes the flap of the tent. I won't help him sleep. <laughs> 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 For a tent of holding uh, me your shitty face. Alright. I'll leave that. Well, I guess I'm gonna. Uh, so I'm, I'm first watch. 
Yeah. Part of so it. I'm gonna go I'll, ahead. I'll take, and, I'll take first watch with you. I'm gonna go ahead and get through the watches because nothing happens throughout the night. Um, they're they're. Um, Can I roll for it? No, but let me get everyone rolling to roll a six, a d six, a d six. So, how many ones? Right here, two. Okay. So, that means we have nightmares. Oh. So, Meryl. Don't hurt me. In the middle of the night, do you have a tent or do you sleep out by the stars? Uh, I don't own a tent, so I'm going to say it's out by the stars. <laughs> do you have a sleeping bag? Yes. Okay. So, at some point when you're asleep, you feel this odd sensation of something coiling around the base of your ankles, slowly twisting up your calves. Can I do it? You try to move and you can't move. My hands? It is sheer paralysis. And you feel as these... Um, whatever it is begins to wrap around your knees and then up your thighs and then around your waist and then your torso until eventually you can see these vines stretching over your face just growing to the tops of your heads or your head and then you are shocked awake as you feel the sensation of these vines tugging on your arcane hand and then pulling it off you're shocked awake Awake. Yeah, and everything is normal. And my hands are on me. Yeah. Oh. You look up. Or I guess they technically they would have been off, right? No, you take them off when you sleep. Yeah. Yeah. You look and they're they're where they're supposed to be. Um. You Raffinax have a dream. Do you have a tent? Yes. Okay. You have a dream of you looking up at the top of your canopy. And you watch as a vine begins to grow up around the single pole of this small, I assume a two-person tent, uh-huh. and grow to the top, where in the, in the top of it, the triangular point of your tent, you see as these vines begin to bud. And then these vibrant, fire-colored flowers bloom. And you see as the top of your tent begins to glow and then catch fire. You go to jump up and move and you can't move. You're paralyzed. You watch as the vines wrap around this pole and then slowly twist and turn. And you can hear the crack and pop as this wooden pole breaks. And the top of this tent that is now on fire falls on your unmoving form. And you're shocked away. And everything is normal. Would this be considered a charm? The effect that's going to happen? No. Okay. So besides that, the watches go without any serious events and you find yourselves on the morning of the next day. Well, I had an excellent sleep. He says over his brown morning potion. So this is the next day. Mm-hmm. What'd you call it? Uh, not town. A uh, Hamlet. Hamlet. 
hammered, 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 hammered. Do we suffer any kind of exhaustion no. or sleep issue or anything? You do not. You had the one nightmare and then immediately, almost immediately went back to sleep. Sure, I'm glad I didn't dream about any trees. Oh. <clears throat> Funny you mentioned that. Rathnex goes into a long and detailed story. I'd like to walk off towards the woods while he's talking. <laughs> <laughs> he's I, I, have, I haven't told you the best part. Oh, well, <laughs> you, you can tell me while we walk. <laughs> so as, as I guess they're leaving, um, yes. are all of you leaving with them? All of you see as Saffrex is uh, stirred from his tent and he walks out and you can see as he's kind of in these luxurious robes. They're not the traveling clothes that he was wearing the previous day and he's got like this brass like small cup and you can see that it's steaming. He's got his piping hot drink that he's drinking early in the morning and he just kind of stretches and like goes back on his calves like this and he's looking around and there's a few vendors like merchants that are in town and one of them just so happens to be a fish vendor. And you can see a Saffrax's eyes dart right to that vendor. And he looks at all of you and he says, Saffrax will be here. <laughs> he is pleased with his decision to stay. And do you have any odd dreams, Saffrax? Saffrax slept like a kitten. About 3 a.m. he woke up and ran around the <laughs> you got the zoomies Just, around three yeah, exactly. Randomly looking at ghosts in the corner. <laughs> yeah, um, existential crisis. Yeah. So Saffrak goes off to treat with this fish vendor. But anyways, the rest of you are walking into the woods. Yes. Okay. Is everybody going into the woods? Just for the record. Yeah. Okay. Yep. How tall is the grass? The rations. Where? In the field. Oh, oh yeah, everybody deduct rations. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! He heard you say it. Uh, he heard you, you say, say it. You, you said, said the R word. No, you it's your fault. No, you're the fault. only reason why I said it's because uh, you mentioned it. No, fuck you, you both. Everybody <laughs> deduct rations. Look, I spent money on it, Dan. The field, I'm get. I, I'm assuming we're crossing the field. Yeah. So yeah. Is it, it's, it's like tall It's like tall grass. It's not very tall because there's also a lot of cattle in this area. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. But you eventually find your way to the tree line, and where Craster is kind of pointed. You see a humble footpath that kind of leads into the woods. I would like to go ahead and just draw out my, my rapiers. Okay. Gotcha. And I will start stealthing. We're well out of the eyes of any civilization at this point, right? You would assume. Can I have uh, Ozark? No, I'll keep my thoughts on. Can I have Ozark fly uh, about 100 yards in front of us? Sure. See if he sees any movement or anything to come back and let us know. Gotcha. Okay. Bye. Uh, well, he wouldn't have to. If he was going to have a mile, he can just immediately communicate the simple ideas with me without yes. me having to be in his eyes. Yeah. So the simple idea could be panic. Yeah. Or movement. So. Fuck's that. You okay? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if it would be somehow beneficial for me to ride on the back of the ward because I take disadvantage on stealth checks. But if by riding the warg, if he has a better stealth than I have. You're we, riding a warg. We established that precedent. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, <laughs> that's, we we did. established the precedent with Jeff yeah. riding Fenrir. We did. Yeah, I don't know. With Jake sheer necessity. Okay. But normally, if you're wearing plate armor, if you're on a horse, you it's going to sound like a horse it's, carrying it's around a bag rattles. of... Uh, okay. It still rattles. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. It sounds like a horse riding around with a, with a bag of kitchen utensils. Okay, well, the warg has <laughs> a bag of spoons. The warg has a perception of plus four, uh, passive perception of 14, dark vision, and he can speak any language that I speak and we can communicate with one another up to 
some distance. The word can speak? To me, yes. Oh, we can okay. Commu- well, yeah, okay. we can communicate with one another. He knows one language that I, I want to take a play out of Jake's handbook. I want to stealth for it a little bit. Yes. Yeah, because that worked out great for him. So anyone who's making a stealth check, are we are we splitting up just a little bit, like where the kind of the stealthiers are in front? Yeah, just a little bit. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm stealthy, but I don't really want to stealth. Anyone who's wanting to lead the group with a like to be out front, make a stealth check. Let me let me go ahead and ask. Um, Ozark, make a do you use check? more range? Can you while he's flying hundred yard or anything? Uh, I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I would say so. Yeah. Additionally, if your steed has an intelligence or less, its intelligence okay. becomes six and it gains the ability to understand one language of your choice to speak. Range for melee. Uh, range Should for me, yeah, for sure. This will range, range. You said a what? Uh, 17 for me. And you, Renalia? 27. And you, 28? 28. Okay. Robbie, you're ranged, right? Uh, yeah. 20 for, uh, mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Oh, shit, yeah, the ward makes the stealth. So the three of you uh, are yeah, stealthing. Yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm in the back. Is everyone stealthing? I'm curious because there's some people who are stealthy no, and some I'm, people. I'm close to the back of the pack. I'm I am. I am also. I am with him at the back of the pack. I'm sending the warg through five steed. I'm to go forward. Stealthing. We can I'm... communicate telepathically. Yeah. And uh, he understands one language that I speak, and we can communicate with one another up to a mile. He has a uh, keen hearing and smell. The warg yeah. has advantage on perception checks that. I understand hearing that. And smell. It just sounds a lot like find familiar versus just a mount. It is. It is the mountain version of Find Familiar, but you don't yeah. get the like mine. Like you don't. It get sounds like it, it sounds like a better thing, a better version of Find Familiar is what I'm saying. Well, the fact that you can send him ahead instead of just using him as a steed. A fam- a actual familiar can deliver a touch spell as well. Yeah, well, and I get the magic. Uh, I'm saying it's kind of intended resistance. as a steed, not really a, f- a familiar. Okay, then why would we be able to communicate with one another up to a mile? If you told him wait here and come pick me up. Can you bring up the Find Steed? Yeah. Let me. Hold on. I'm gonna bring it up. I mean, that does sound like he, it is intended to be like you your steed serves yourself, as a mount both in combat and out, and you have an instinctive bond with it that allows you to fight as a seamless unit. While mounted on your steed, you can make any spell you cast that targets only you also target your steed. When it drops to zero hit points, it disappears, leaving no physical form. Blah blah blah. You can dismiss it as an action. While your steed is within one mile of you, you can communicate with each other telepathically. Uh, you can't have more than one steed bonded by the spell at a time. As an action, you can release the steed from its bond at any time, causing it to disappear. Yeah, it's, it, to me, that just sounds... He's using a familiar to scout ahead. I don't think that's what the find, the, what the steed is for. Okay. I, okay. I think it might be, but like with my familiar, as long as it was within 10 feet of me, I get magic resistance. and I understand, but I think, it's, I think it's a spell intended to be a mount. Or okay. a steed, not a familiar. So I'm gonna say that you you could send him a you could send him to safety and say come pick me up when I call for you, but he's not to be used as a scout or something like that. I got you. This is you summon a spirit that assumes the form of an unusually intelligent, strong, and loyal steed, creating a long-lasting bond with it. Appearing, it appears in an unoccupied space, and it can take one of the given forms. The steed has the statistics of the chosen form, though it is a celestial fae or fiend, your choice, instead of its normal type. I, I understand, but it keeps using the same word steed over and over and over. Gotcha. So, to me, it's not a fine familiar. You don't get to send it ahead and scout. It's okay. either a steed, or you can send it to safety. Gotcha. Okay. You can ride it in combat, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. He, he can't do that with his familiar. Right. That's why it's two totally separate spells. I gotcha. 
It wouldn't. It wouldn't just be, hey, here's find familiar point two. You know, you just went up. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. So, is, are you riding him? Or uh, no. Okay, so he's beside you. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. I'm stealth, but I'm not. I don't want to be in front of the group. I want to be like directly beside them in the woods. Okay. All of it's kind of semantics, anyways, because all of you walk um, through this humble footpath and eventually find yourselves in a clearing. Um, I'm going to walk <coughs> close to him, just so you know. Okay, well, you're not stealth. He is stealth. Oh, he, and you're ahead, right? Yeah. Okay, never mind. So, Sorry. those of you who are stealth come to this clearing first, and the rest of you quickly catch up. Um, what you see is a probably like a 80 foot radius what's odd is that it's it's almost perfect the radius and it all circles around this rough cut stump of an ash tree one of the first things that catches your attention is that on this ash tree it is decorated with coins um wooden trinkets, um, just small and in, in, intrinsic things that, that might have had value to someone um, that they have placed on the stump of this ash tree as some kind of homage or some kind of offering. payment. Yeah. Um, and as you look out from the ash tree, you see three hollow heart trees that flank this stump perfectly like in a perfect triangle looking out from there you see a brook a small like stream that comes into this clearing from one side wraps around the triangle the, the triangle that's around this ash tree and then continues back out the opposite side that it came in and as you walk in you are you stop at one point because as you begin to tread on this soft, moss-covered glade with these small sprigs of flowers here and there, you hear the faint sound of woodwinds, like instruments playing. Just these ethereal, untraceable noises of things playing. And then those of you that are very perceptive tune in and kind of listen in and try and find out where exactly they're coming from and you realize that they're coming from these beautiful white and yellow flowers that dot this glade. I'm going to go ahead and cast the magic. Okay. Can I send Ozark over there and get him to get within 10 feet so he can use his blind sight? Of the flowers? Yeah. yeah. Just see there's like white and what? White and yellow flowers. These white and yellow flowers as he... Uh, runs up to them, and as all of you are looking at them, they're these beautiful, like, white petals with yellow centers and these strings that kind of come up and stretch, almost like the strings of a harp hmm. in the center. Okay, so can I detect, like, a school of magic com coming from them? Um, there's a faint magic, but it's just a primal, simple magic. Not charming. No. Um, in fact, if you want to make a history check, I'll say the bard 
wants to make a history check and the Malkar. It's the two of you. If you the two of you want to make a history check. as you realize that there is a celestial not far away from you. And then you look and realize it's Ozark. <laughs> Go break that out like that? <laughs> well, I mean, he sees it. It's a celestial. I can't. Okay. I can't not. Um, uh, as far as detect good and evil, the... So I want to look at you knowingly. For, for the record, when he does that, is he detecting, like, fey ancestry in the half-elves? I mean, I guess to an extent you might say that he has fey ancestry, but... Yeah. Fey, Celestial, Fiend? And Undead. Okay. So, you get a slight fey sense from the entire glade. The hollow heart trees that flank this ash stump exude this aura of good and purity. What What exudes good? The hollow heart trees. That flank this ash stump. And the ash stump itself is seething with this dark, evil energy. Ooh. I mean, am I picking up other than evil? I want to convey all of that to all of you with the exception of his secret celestial. Gotcha. But everything else is is common. It yeah, almost yeah. seems to be make make an Arcana religion check. Ooh, religion check. The I'm the bestest choir boy. <laughs> the <laughs> items on the stump look like more leaning towards like some sort of good being or uh, gifts or something like that, right? Yes. Okay. I'd like to take out my lute and start playing along with the sort of melodies the flowers are making. Okay. 16 um, on religion? 16, okay. You almost get the sense that there is this perpetual, almost fight, this entanglement, this argument that's happening between these three hollow heart trees and the remnants of whatever evil is still in this, in the roots of this ash tree. things that are on this stump do all appear to be trinkets. Um, and we'll say by this point, it's been several minutes that all of you have been in this clay, kind of examining and looking around. Um, is everyone just kind of examining and just looking around and kind of meditating? Or is it... Or you're playing. And you do notice that the flowers, they kind of move just a little bit. They seem to sway when you sing. Neat. 
We'll just keep it out oh, yeah. the surroundings. Gotcha. I'd like to sit down near one of the hollow heart trees. Okay. Take off my bracelet that has the holy symbol and sit down. Okay. Gotcha. Based on what I've done so far, mm-hmm. would I be able to tell if this is like is the ash tree possessed by something? Is it a creature that is within the ash tree? Or all all you can get is that you get something evil off of it. I'd like to look around for like signs of recent foot movement. Make a survival check. Could I make it an investigation check? Yes, you could. Okay. I want. Sorry, I, I, I'm stuck in ranger mode. <laughs> I think I, th- I keep thinking your best modifier is survival. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Mm-hmm. We're the best. Um, there, there are definitely signs that um, people have tread the same path that all of you have, mm-hmm. gone up to the ash tree and kind of maybe stood there for a minute. There's even signs that that maybe some people have kneeled at the base of the hollow heart trees. Um. The one thing that's odd is that you do find one set of footprints that comes from the opposite side of the glade. Hmm. Kind of like in it, out of the area too? Like they come in from out of the area? I don't, know, I don't know how it's it, phrased. You came in from a footpath. Right. There's no other footpath. And this set of tracks did not come in from the footpath. So it came in from like dense woods or something yes. like that. Okay. So I'll I'll let everyone know that I found a a set of tracks that lead further into the woods. I don't know if this is actually going to do anything or not, but I want to try something. That's always a good idea. Okay. So <laughs> with with my my eyes still glowing with the celestial power, I want to cast command uh-huh. directed specifically towards the ash tree mm-hmm. and the. One word command that I want to use is flee. Okay. So the tree or that which with which is within it has to make a wisdom saving throw. If there's something within it. <laughs> the tree just gets up and leaves. What's the DC? The DC is a wisdom saving throw of thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. So you did you already take off the spell slot? So you raise your hand and you level it on this stump. And you speak the arcane words for command and you watch as nothing happens. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, well that's about as best I got. (laughs) Make a perception check. I just throw a wild idea out there. Um, what would happen if three of us were to touch each of these hollow heart trees at the same time? I don't like the way that you think things. <laughs> but we don't have nine people. I want to touch There's that tree. 14. 14? <laughs> yes. It's not hard to see. Um, you are keeping your eyes up and paying attention to the tree line. And what you see emerging from the thick um, undergrowth of this forest is a humanoid that is not making any attempt to stealth. She is treading across this um, forest with an air of confidence that um, is is just abundantly present whenever you see her immediately. She commands respect 
as she comes more into focus, what you see is a um, elegant feminine form uh, wearing this white uh, plate armor with accents of green and the image of a stag on her chest. Oh, shit. Um, you see as this horned helm um, comes out of the shadow and into the light, and you can see as these massive stag horns are um, coming off of her helmet. And you can see as she is holding in her hand this beautifully crafted two-handed greatsword. Um, she steps from the undergrowth and is beginning to step out into the glade. Do you let everyone know that you... Yeah, I'll learn, I'll learn everybody. Okay, gotcha. So all of you see this form step out into the clearing. I'd like to kneel. Okay, you kneel. Divine sense is still going. Okay. Good, evil, celestial, fey, undead, undead or fiend. How long does how long does that last? That is It says it's an action. Yes, you're saying give me a duration on there. Click on a so it's a singular sense, not a... Uh, the presence of strong evil registers on your senses like a noxious odor and powerful good rings like heavenly music in your ears. As it's going to be it's going to be in near the, like the components and stuff. It's, Look like at the, it's not a component. It's, 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 it's a very class feature. If it's an action, then it's six seconds. Uh, yeah. As an action, you can open your awareness to detect such forces until the end of your next turn. Six yeah. seconds. So six seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's not a... So... I have, to take, I have to take magic up. That last ten, that ten minutes. minutes. Fuck it, I'll do it again. I've got three of these. Do it. I'm gonna do it again. Do it. Okay, so Ticked you, it off. So as she's walking in, you flick your yeah. divine sense back on, um, and you do sense a aura of something celestial coming off of her. Oh shit. Um, you still have step magic. Within 30 feet. Her armor and blade are magic. Yeah. Um, Shock. She walks into this clearing, and you can see as she uh, kind of stands there for just a moment, kind of just not really sizing all of you up, but giving you just a moment to kind of assess her while she assesses you. And you can see that as, as you haven't drawn any blades yet or anything like that, she reaches up and clutches her helm, and she pulls it off. And when she pulls it off, you see as this long, sandy blonde hair falls to her shoulders, down past her waist. And you can see that she is a large, like a, a tall, well-built female. Um, and she looks at a lot of you and she says... <laughs> Sorry. She looks at a lot of you and she says, I am Brianna Roy. Of Oakdale. I'm the guardian of this forest. What are your intentions here? Uh, well, time out. Actually, Hold you on. are you are Brianna. Brianna. I am Roy. Brianna Roy of Roy. Oakdale. It's happened to be two two eyes in the last. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> sorry <laughs> son of a bitch. Uh, I'm actually I've been. Not sent here exactly, but I was speaking to the villagers, and they thought perhaps you could use some help. You are the stagnite, I presume. I am. Uh, is, is there anything that we could perhaps help with? 
she looks around. Um, That's your key. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna say she's she's looking at all of your attire and everything, and she says, "Does she notice my nose?" Yeah, she would. She looks at you and she says, "You come here only to help." Yeah, that I do. I assume that my companions are also of good intention, except for him. I don't actually say that part. Okay. She says, I would not be truthful if I said I did not need any assistance, but being that I don't know you, and you don't know me, I would like to give you the opportunity to amend that. If you will follow me to my home, I will be happy to discuss recent events with all of you. So, yeah. Inside check. Inside check. Mm-hmm. I don't care, I'm gonna follow either way. So are you still interested in the glade or are you coming along? The fuck do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, well oh, uh, you 18. Mean. 18? Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. So uh, she seems to be being truthful. Okay. Gotcha. So with that, she um, she kind of takes her hair and she just kind of kind of just winds it back up on the back of her head and places her helm back on, and she turns and you can see as there's this like elegant green cloak that she's wearing that begins to just like drift as she walks gracefully through this forest with almost no sound whatsoever. Do you follow? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got How does she have a special presence about her? Yeah. It's got to be on. We've got to get the cat guy to live. We've got two days. He's got fish. I, I, I mean. also am, con- am interested in how or what specifically is celestial about this. In. ASMR in this world can skip bloodline and are judging So, um, so she takes you uh, through the forest, and there's some areas as you are traveling through this forest that, um, as you go deeper and deeper, there there's pockets within where you find yourself not necessarily comfortable with the energies that you're feeling in in this area. There's areas where you can see that the trees here are corrupted by something. Even the earth itself kind of seeds this. Those of you that are on you know, kind of a, a celestial alignment can kind of feel some kind of aura that's kind of seeped into the, the earth and the trees. Um, eventually you come to a small clearing and you see what appears to be some kind of like hut that's built into the root system of a massive tree. Uh, and you can see that it's got one door and one window. The window, you can see from the inside that there's a hearth fire burning um, as you approach. Now, it's a, it's a big hubble. Like, she obviously is, is, a, is a fairly tall person, so it's, it's big enough for all of you to walk inside. Okay, well, I walk, in. walk inside. Yeah. Okay. As soon as you walk inside, um, there is a another female form that is sitting near the hearth fire and she immediately jumps up and kind of presents this long sword uh, and you can see that she's wearing these kind of green 
like padded, like the stuff you'd wear underneath plate armor. And she looks up at the lot of you, and what you see is a youngish human female, and she has jet black shoulder length hair with a scar that runs across her face and down her mouth. Um, but she uh, is wearing these, you know, these green robes that you would wear underneath heavy plate armor, and you can see that leaned up against the wall just near her is a massive tower shield. I mean, huge. And she kind of pulls out this longsword and she looks at uh, Brienne or Brianna and she looks at all of you and she says, and Brianna says, they're friends. Everything's fine. And she goes and sits back down. Uh, and she invites all of you to sit at this long, like, circular table. Or, I'm sorry, rectangle, not rectangle, oval shaped table. I sit. You sit? Yep. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, you sit down, and she says, she kind of gestures to her friend uh, that is now sitting down kind of apprehensively with this long sword kind of draped across her legs, and she says, this is Amaya. She is my steward, my pupil. And she sits down. Um, she looks at all of you and she says, I have a hard time understanding your motives. We haven't had anyone come to the small hamlet and offer help. Our understanding is that you were responsible for helping others not too long ago. I was and still am. However, there have been changes in the forest. I was able to handle the corruption for the most part. Amaya arrived here in town after a battle. She was the only survivor of her detachment. Uh, she fought for the Empire. I found her in the woods and helped her back to where she is now. And she decided to stay. But for a long time, the two of us were enough. But now the corruption has grown and I find myself from day, from sun up to sun down, fighting. I haven't even then been able to stop all of what's happening. Explain the corruption. She looks at you, um, and you're you're an elf, right? Yeah. And then she kind of glances to you, who's a dragonborn, and she says, "This forest, it doesn't belong to us. It doesn't belong to Leiden. Something resided here before." The Empire came to Dargreth. An evil, ancient evil. When the villagers of that hamlet cut down the ash tree, they angered it. Me and the rest of my comrades were sent here to deal with it. 
we managed to quell it, but I fear that it's rising again. I fear that there might be a being in this forest, a hag, that has managed to undo all of my work in the past six years. I feel like she's responsible for this. I'll have Ozark fly to my shoulder mm-hmm. and say, Well, if you would like our help, we have two days to lend it. What happened to your companions? You said that you were sent here with yourself and your companions to deal with the problem. She kind of looks away and kind of off in the distance and she says, I don't know if I'm comfortable sharing that information. All right, well, perhaps in time. Um, what can we do? Do you have a lead on where we might find this head? Amaya and I were going to move in the next few days to try and stop whatever this is. There is a date that is approaching that is empowering to those who worship the old gods. Being you or the hag? Hmm? Being yourself or the hag? The hag would worship the old gods. I fear that she is saving her energy. She's been laying low lately. I have had several interactions with her and she always manages to escape my grasp. I think she's laying low and hiding and waiting for the first day of Stendon. Well, then we find her. <laughs> we flush her out. And we do it all before the third morning. Uh, yes, or the second morning. I believe we can accomplish this today. <coughs> Love the look on Robbie's Rather face as you keep mentioning like this. Day. Ask what the significance is of the first day of Stindorn. The what? The first day of Stindorn. What's the significance? Yeah, I understand that it's a, a, you, a it's important to the old gods, but I want to know why. You would actually know. Okay. The importance of the first day of Stindorn, which Stindorn is a calendar that the Alavron people created. Right. The Malkar have a calendar of their own, and the days that correlate both in the first day of Sindorn and on the Malkarian calendar are known as the day of the Darthmoor. Which mm. is a day that both celebrates and um, remembers the betrayal of Ela. Say that again. The first day of Sindorn falls on the Malkarian date of the day of the Darthmoor. Which was believed to be thousands of years ago, the beginning of the celestial cleansing. And it's the day, which is the day that celebrates the, which was believed to be. It's it doesn't necessarily celebrate; it commemorates the the betrayal of Ela. Which was believed to be thousands of years ago, the beginning of the celestial. Cleansing. Yes, it was the first day that Ela betrayed the old gods. Well, y'all don't know that he betrayed them. Let me let me. Character stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, you would all say that that's the first day that Ela began his war with the old gods, said, uh, which is the day that commemorates the first day of the celestial cleansing. Yes, and that's okay to put as the date of unknown importance. Yes, you um, 
first day, I want to make sure I get this right. The first day of Stendorn is of Alivarian uh, make. Mm -hmm. But the first day of Stendorn falls on a Malkarian holiday, which was called the Day of the Darth War. <clears throat> the Day of the Darth War was believed uh, to be thousands of years ago the beginning of the Celestial Cleansing. Yes. It was believed that that was the day that Ela began his war with the old gods. Yes. Okay. This isn't one of those times when y'all have taken time off tomorrow, right? No. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so... So, in that case, she's looking at all of you for this kind of, uh, w w seeing how this information is, is settling on you. I'd like to grasp my, always going to turn my bracelet mm -hmm. and just look excited. Sounds like we need to help before this day of the Darth War arrives, yes? I think we're ready today. Sounds like we need to help before old Saprax gets full. Sounds like we need to help right now. Yeah. Today or tonight? Uh, it's uh, daytime. Both. It's so uh, early morning. I, we will, oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we will bend to your knowledge on this matter since you have been hunting the Hag. Um, I've never hunted one myself. Maya and I will need time to cleanse ourselves and pray to prepare for this battle. I would prefer that it either happens late tonight or tomorrow night. I would prefer tonight. Very Just well. in case it takes longer. It would have to be late tonight. The hag does not come out of wherever she is hiding until well after sundown. Would you prefer that we remain here with you, or...? I don't have a problem with you staying here with me. I don't necessarily know where I land on, on bringing anyone else to this fight. Oh, we wouldn't bring anyone else. I just didn't no. know if we would disturb you. I'm talking about all of you. Oh, well. Hmm. This is... This is a, a, a task that myself and Amaya have been preparing for, and... I don't know if you arriving at the last moment is... irrelevant or some kind of blessing, but... I certainly won't tell you no, that you can't come and help us. Well, I've been called God sent before. Uh, I suppose it wouldn't be the first time. Very well. I do my best work at night, actually. You may call it luck. Divine providence. Whatever you wish, but we're here. I have nothing to offer you. No gold. Do you have venture? I suppose you could define this as adventure. Sold on my book. <laughs> Very well. Allow myself and Amaya some time to go back to the Emerald Glade and pray. We'll come here, have a dinner, and then set out. <laughs>